Hey everybody, this is Heather from Crimezilla, and you're listening to the Crimezilla podcast, the show that explains true crime in a deeper light. And for the people who love true crime, this is your podcast. Okay, everyone. So today I just want to start off this podcast. I would like to acknowledge the families and friends who have lost their loved ones to the Highway of Tears, as well as other families everywhere that are missing their loved ones. So today I am going to be talking about the Highway of Tears which has been done many times, but I want to speak about the Highway of Tears and then I also want to go into individual cases. Um, I want to talk about who the ladies are as a person and what happened the nights or days that they went missing. I want to keep this alive, and um, I think it's really important to talk about. There's so many families out there that still have so many unanswered questions when it comes to their loved ones. So I will be talking about um, Tracy Clifton, Helen Frost, Jean Samper, Monica Inglis, Kareen Thompson, or sorry, Thomas, Mary Jane Hell, Doreen Jack, Alberta Williams, Cecilia Nicole, Daphine Nicole, Romana Wilson, Roxanne Thyra, Alicia Germain, Lana Derrick, Monica McKay, Nicole Hoare, Kayla Rose McKay, Margaret Newski, Tamara Chipman, Aaliyah Sarek Auger, Bonnie Joseph, Madison Scott, Mackie Basil, Anita Thorne, Roberta Sims, Francis Brown, Jessica Balser, Cynthia Martin, Lauren Fabian, Crystal Chambers, and then I'm also going to be speaking about the cases that were solved, but those women still went missing and went through horrific things. So Jill Stuckenko, sorry, I'm horrible at last names, you guys. I'm butchering these right now, and I sincerely apologize. Natasha Montgomery, Cynthia Mass, Jean Kovac, Ross Witha, Futschen Bichler, I don't know, Nina Joseph, Marnie Blanchard, and Teresa Humphrey. So those are the ladies that I'm going to be speaking about today. Um, so this cast might go a little bit over what I usually do, but it's so important to remember these names and remember these women as women. And it's important to think about what their families are going through, what their 
what they went through during all this, it's it's important to remember the Highway of Tears and what occurred there. Okay, so the Highway of Cheers is a 725-kilometer corridor of Highway 16 of the Yellowhead Highway between Prince George and Prince Rupert, which has been the location of many missing and murdered Indigenous women going back to 1970. The phrase Highway of Tears was coined during a vigil held in Terrace, B.C. in 1998 by Florence Nazil who was thinking of the victims, families, crying over their loved ones. The Highway of Tears is a part of a national crisis of missing and Indigenous women and girls. In 2015, the federal government launched a national inquiry into these cases. 23 First Nations boarded Highway 16. The region is characterized by poverty until 2017 lacked adequate public transportation, which forced many people to resort to hitchhiking. The, the exact number of women who have disappeared or been murdered along the stretch of highway is disputed, but I will be speaking about some of them in this podcast. According to the RCMP project, EPANA lists the number of victims is fewer than 18. EPANA includes a large portion proportion of victims that are not related to the Highway of Tears. Aboriginal organizations estimate that the number of missing and murdered women ranges above 40. The following list of women who I am going to be speaking about are all who went missing, were murdered, or had an unknown cause of death within the Highway 16 quarter. I'm not going to be talking about the women who were found in their homes or apartments or were murdered by their husbands because that's just not where I'm going with this podcast. I want to talk about the women who were hitchhiking, who went mysteriously missing. I want to be talking about those women. So let's start with Tracy Clifton. So the exact date that Tracy went missing is not yet public knowledge. It was reported at an inquiry for murdered and missing Indigenous women at some time in the 1970s. She had an argument with her mother and left home and started walking Highway 16, and she was never seen again. I tried to look up about who Tracy Clifton was before she went missing, and there wasn't really any information, so some of these some of these cases, there will be a lot of information, others not so much, just because I can't find information on them. So the next victim was Helen Claire Frost, age 17, left her home in downtown Prince George on the evening of October 13th, 1970, and was never seen again. She was living with her sister Sandy at the time in an apartment on the 1600 block of Queensway. 
Helen worked a number of jobs around this time, including a bus person at the Prince George HBA cafeteria and for a painting company. So she was painting gas stations between Prince George and Terrace. Sandy did not report her missing until October 15th, thinking at first she might have stayed at a friend's house. Police took a missing persons report, but Sandy said she got the impression that nothing was done. Helen was known to be an introvert and was described as a private person. Helen and her sister were often picked up by truckers who would sometimes buy them a meal and radio ahead for another truck to take them on their next leg of their journeys if they were traveling. Helen was comfortable with such high-risk behavior. Helen had a daughter that was born on May 13, 1970 in Kamloops and then moved to Prince George shortly afterwards. The police did interview her ex-boyfriend and father to her child after her disappearance and reported that they did not find anything suspicious. Because the RCMP were not doing much to find her, Sandy and a friend conducted an independent search for Helen. Sandy's friend determined that a truck driver saw Helen hitchhiking from the Husky gas station in Prince George, but the RCMP were unable to verify this tip. Sandy had always been the driving force behind the search for Helen, with the assistance of some friends. In 2018, Helen's daughter reached out to Sandy after searching for her birth mom. So Michelle, who is Helen's daughter, and Sandy were reunited later later that year. Three main theories exist as to how Helen disappeared. So it was either a disappearance, sorry, it was either an accident, a runaway, or suicide. But it's still unsolved and yeah I mean if you have a baby then I don't know if you're just gonna walk away from that so still unsolved Jean Sampar was 18 she went missing on October 14th 1971 she was last seen by her cousin near the railroad overpass of highway 16 Jean's cousin, who was walking with her, went to go get a jacket or a bike from his home, and when he came back, Jean was gone. Despite the police and local community searching nearby areas for her for eight days, following her her disappearance, their efforts proved unsuccessful. She has not been seen since. Growing up, Jean was described as a shy, quiet girl who sang teasing songs to her siblings. That's so cute. She loved to play nurse with her siblings and would take turns with her sister Winnie being the nurse. Jean was one to usually tell people her plans and it was out of character for her for her to leave unannounced. She volunteered as a caretaker for her siblings, protecting them when their father drank too much. Her brother Rod described her as a strong, very strong person and said she was very careful and did not partake in high-risk activities. Jean's boyfriend, who worked at the canning plant with Jean, had gone missing shortly before she disappeared. His remains were found after Jean disappeared. His cause of death was drowning in the river. The search for Jean stopped when an early snow fell. Jean's parents started up the search again soon after with the police The theories about Jean's disappearance are runaway, foul play, friends or associates, 
or a stranger or highway of tears so really it's an open book to where and what happened to her i'm leaning more against the highway of tears theory but that's just me um next victim is monica ing ingness inglis ingness i am so sorry she was just 14. She went missing in December 1974. She was believed to be going home from school when she was last seen at 11 p.m. on December 13th in Thornhill. She was walking home alone. Her body was found in a gravel pit by a densely wooded area on April 6, 1975, so four months later, east of Terrace. Two witnesses reported seeing a car pulling over to the side of the road the night Monica vanished. The pair saw the man and a passenger who looked like a girl inside the vehicle. Monica had been strangled to death. Oh, just 14 years old. Like, that is horrific. Monica had been wearing a blue wool coat with wooden toggles for buttons and brown shoes. Investigators say she was also wearing blue socks, but only one sock was found at the crime scene. Oh, 14. That's a baby still. That's a baby. Oh. The next victim is Corrine Thomas. She was 21 and was just days away from giving birth. She was struck and killed by Richard read a cop's truck as she was hitchhiking to her home on Saturday, July 3rd, 1976. Both mother and baby died as there was no attempt to save the baby. Numerous witnesses say that Richard swerved to hit her. Witnesses were under the age of 16 and were taken into police custody for questioning, where after hours of unsupervised interrogations, they were coerced by the police to lie and say that Corrine was playing chicken with his truck. Coroner Eric Turner was satisfied that the death happened by accident, but he later retracted his testimony after it was made public that he was let off with a lesser charge after the drunk hit and run death of an indigenous indigenous man which he was responsible for 10 years earlier Kareen's father tried to press negligence charges against Richard but those were dismissed articles at the time called it a tragic coincidence because his brother was also charged with hitting somebody on that highway like right where Kareen was hit the next victim is Mary Jane Hill. She was 31 years old and was found nude along Highway 16 on March 26, 1978. Mary's death was determined to be from bronchitis and that her death was the cause of manslaughter. <laughs> oh, yeah. This case, this, this specific case is what haunts me. So she was found nude along the highway, but... She had a medical condition that killed her. Ugh. So at the time, this meant that it was not believed that Mary was purposely murdered, but died of a result of negligence and carelessness of another person. She was nude along the highway. 
you guys. If that doesn't say that she was purposely like put there and murdered, then what the hell does? The 31-year-old was a mother of three. Her daughter, Vicky, who was only six months old when her mother was found dead, said to CBC in 2018, they they said they found her nude on the highway. Why was she left there and why wasn't anything done? Where was she going? Why was she sick and left for dead and nobody did anything? Vicky was never told what evidence the police had from the scene where her mother died. She said she does not know, for example, if they ever found her clothes. Vicky says the police should actually look into a lot of the a lot of these cases and keep these cases open so the family can have some answers. I agree, Vicky. I 100% agree. That is ridiculous. Ridiculous. She was found nude along the highway, you guys. Like, come the fuck on. Sorry. Sorry. That just gets me. Ugh. Um. Next victim, Doreen Jack. She was 26 when she went missing along with her family, her boyfriend, Ronnie, and their two boys, Russell, age 9, and Ryan, age 4. The family left their home in Prince George and were heading to a logging camp when they were where they had been offered jobs and daycare for their children. They were last heard from during the early hours of August 2nd, 1989, when Ronald called his mother in the Burns Lake area. They still have not been heard from to this day. So a family vanishes. Like, where are they? Where are they? That's... You don't just vanish. You don't just poof out of the air. Next victim is Alberta Gail Williams. She was 24 when she went missing in the early hours of August 26, 1989. She was last seen at Popeye's, um, a since-closed pub in the downtown of Prince Rupert. She was seen near closing time by her sister Claudia. Claudia and Alberta went to Popeye's for their last weekend in Prince Rupert and wanted to celebrate. Alberta said she was going to a house party. Claudia turned around and Alberta was gone. Alberta was last seen wearing a blue sweatshirt and black stretch pants with slip-on shoes. Unfortunately, her naked body was found on September 25th, 1989, about 37 kilometers east of Prince Rupert near Ty Overpass. She had been strangled and sexually assaulted. According to the field notes, RCMP officer Gary Kerr on September 12th, shortly before Alberta's body was found, found clo- bloody clothes resembling the ones she wore that night that she went missing near the ferry terminal in Prince Rupert. Among the items were a blue sweater, slipper-type shoe, a jumpsuit, a pillowcase, two pillow covers, a sock, a shoelace, and a crumpled-up piece of paper were found as well. The clothes appeared to be tossed in the bush. These clothes were seized but likely destroyed by the RCMP. As Gary said, the RCMP, RCMP indicated it wasn't related to the Alberta case. (laughs) How is that not related? There is a strong possibility that 
the RCMP did not take the evidence seriously because Alberta's body has not been found yet. So what? You still keep that. You find bloody clothing and you just dispose of it? You you just throw it away like it's nothing. That's... Ugh. Ugh. Alberta grew up in a home where both parents worked. She never experimented with drugs and only drank alcohol on special occasions. And this case has not been solved, obviously, because the police didn't take it seriously. Next victim is Cecilia, Cecilia Nicole. She was 15 and last seen on October 1989, a year before her cousin Delphine went missing. Reports of her last known location vary. She was last reported in Smithers near Highway 16, but family reports she may have been moved to Vancouver Island. An RCMP reported her last in Vancouver, but cannot confirm with family. So no one knows where she is. She could be anywhere. Uh, her cousin Delphine, she was 15, and she vanished on June 30th, 1990. She was last seen hitchhiking along Highway 16 um, on King Street on her way home. At approximately 10 p.m., Delphine called her uncle to tell him that she was on her way home from Smithers. She was last seen by two friends hitchhiking in the eastbound lane of Highway 16. 
still hasn't been heard of or found. Ramona Lisa Wilson was 16 and hitchhiking from Smithers to attend a dance and stay at a friend's house on June 1st, 1994. Ramona's remains were found April 1995, north of Smithers. Several items were in a small organized pile of feet away. Other objects nearby included a section of rope, nylon ties, and a small pink brass knuckles type water pistol. Ramona was the youngest of six children in her family. She had a bubbly personality and was known for being a jokester and was well-liked by many people. She also played outfield on the local baseball team and worked as a dishwasher at Smitty's. My goodness, these girls are just babies, like 15. Like, I don't even remember what I was doing at 15. I thought I knew everything and I thought the world was so peaceful and nice and... Boy, were, well, I was wrong. The next victim is Roxanne Fiera. She was 15 as well. She went missing in Prince George on the July long weekend in 1994. She had worked as a prostitute, 15 years old, and told a friend she was going out with a customer. She walked around the corner of a building and was never heard from again. Her body was found on August 17, 1994, in a bush along Highway 16, six kilometers east of Burns Lake. Roxanne had been missing for over a month before her aunt was notified that she was even missing. Roxanne was born in Manitoba, but she spent most of her childhood growing up in Quinnell under foster care. She was known for being a good, happy, bubbly kid. In Roxanne's teenage years, she started hanging out with a crowd that was considered the bad bunch. At the age of 12, she was incarcerated in a youth detention center for an unknown petty offense. Her former brother-in-law says that it was the worst thing that happened to her, and after her release, she went wild. After Roxanne was released, she spent the majority of her time in Williams Lake. Finding it difficult to get back to normal life, she turned to drugs and engaged in survival sex, a form of sex trafficking in order to survive. Her case is still unsolved. That's so sad. Another 15-year-old, Alicia Germain, was found murdered on December 9th, 1994, behind Hale Road Elementary School off Highway 16 outside of Prince George. She was last seen alive on a sidewalk downtown. Leah was stabbed to death. Um... She was also friends with the previous victim, Roxanne. Alicia went by the name Leah and was known to lead a high-risk lifestyle, which included sex trafficking, but friends claimed she stopped working two weeks before her death. Alicia was known to love singing and acting. Oh, just so young. So young. I can't get over the age thing. Like... It's crazy. Um, next victim is Lana Derrick. She was 19 and was last seen in October 1995. Lana was given a ride from her college to Terrace. She was dropped off at a friend's house and spent the evening in downtown Terrace with friends and a, at a pub and Tim Hortons. Lana spent the rest of the night partying at a friend or cousin's house. 
Around 3 a.m., Lana borrowed $30 from her friend and asked the friend if she wanted to go to a party with her, which the friend denied. Lana's family believes she was last seen at 3.30 a.m. when she was partying at the cousin's house. One of the rumors said that she got into a car with two identified men at a Petro-Canada along Highway 16. Three days later, when Lana failed to show up for Thanksgiving dinner, her family reported her missing. The RCMP and family searched along Highway 16, but the RCMP called off the search three days after she was reported missing. The family believes that Lana was attacked and maybe even murdered by more than one person. Lana was a forestry student at Northwest Community College in Houston. Her aunt said Lana loved working outside and she was so gung-ho about attending college. Whenever Lana had a break from school, she would travel back to Terrace to visit her family. So Lana's case is still unsolved. Um, Monica McKay, age 18, was last seen by friends before midnight on December 21st, 1999. She was reported missing two days later by family when she didn't return home. Her body was discovered on January 8th, 2000 by a passerby. Monica's body had been dumped beside a dumpster. So sick. RCMP said they had no reason to believe that Monica's case was related to the Highway of Tears cases. Um, Mike Herchuk of the Prince George RCMP stated, when you get the volume of kids we have missing, especially those that are turning up dead or sexually abused or kidnapped and tortured, you can't help but want to connect the dots. (laughs) To this date, no suspects have been charged. Um, I don't know why they would think that it's not related because a lot of these victims are being found um, dead on the side of the road or like it doesn't make sense to me why they would just be like, no, it's not related. Next victim is Nicole Hoare. She was age 24 and she was last seen hitchhiking to Smithers. She was originally from Red Deer. Nicole was last seen at a gas station west of Prince George on June 21st, 2002, talking to a 30-ish-year-old Caucasian man in an orange car. She was on her way to meet her sister in Smithers. Has not been heard from since. Kayla Rose McKay, age 13. 13, you guys. Her body was found on April 14th, 2004, near the Prince Rupert... Um, on near Prince Rupert on the George Hills Way. Although RCMP stated that they are confident McKay did not die from murder or suicide, investigators said they are not ruling out the possibility of criminal involvement in her death. Kayla is greatly missed by friends and family. And I couldn't find any more information about that. Um, yeah. It's so sad. It doesn't say, like, how her body was found or if what the autopsy said or anything like that. So, um, Margaret Newski was 80 years old and she was last seen hitchhiking near Fraser Lake when she went missing on Saturday, September 2nd in October 2004. She was last seen near the Notley Road 
turn off on Highway 16. A helicopter search for her on October 5th, 2004. She was suffering from dementia and had difficulty walking. RCMP stated that they think she may have been trying to get to Prince George or she may have headed into the bush in search of her traditional trapping territory. No one has seen her since. Uh, Tamara Lynn Chipman, age 22, last seen in Prince Rupert on September 21st, 2005, hitchhiking east on Highway 16 near the Rupert Industrial Park. It is believed that Tamara was trying to get back to her home. Tamara lived in Thornhill and was facing assault charges at the time of her disappearance with a promise to appear in Terrace on the same date as her disappearance. According to her father, Tom, she was in Prince Rupert visiting friends and her mother, and Tamara had not touched her bank account since 2000, or sorry, since September 2005. Tamara was 5'10 and 130 pounds. She was known to wear wigs. She was first reported missing by her father in November 2005 with the Terrace and Rupert RCMP launching a joint investigation on November 15th. Search efforts were aided by family, friends, and volunteers and involved searching every logging road between Rupert and Terrace. And a brief search was also done in Vancouver's downtown east side. And she's still not found. Um, Aaliyah Sarek Auger, age 14, Body was found February 10th, 2006, shortly after she went missing on February 2nd. After going to the mall with her brother and sister, she went to a friend's house for a sleepover. Overnight, she was spotted walking north in the 2100 block of Queen Street. Video surveillance shows her walking towards her home and passing the Save On Foods gas bar around 1 a.m. It was reported that she was last seen getting into a black van. A motorist found her in a ditch near a turnoff on Highway 16 near Tabor Mountain, nearly 20 kilometers east of Prince George. The autopsy confirmed that the young girl had died as a result of blunt force trauma to her head. According to reports, much of her body was missing due to animal activity, so the family was forced to have a closed casket for her funeral. After the young girl's death, her family fell apart. Her mother fell back into addiction and she went and lived on the streets and refused to refuse the help offered to her. But her mother never gave up finding out what happened to her daughter, but despite her efforts, her case is still unsolved.
Bonnie Marie Joseph, age 32, was a mother of five, and she was last seen in Vanderhoof on the afternoon of September 8, 2007, by her cousin Joanne. Bonnie was seen hitchhiking from Vanderhoof to Prince George, where she had a court date the next day. She was nearing the end of a series of court dates to get her children back from the government. She was close to getting her children back and never missed a single court date until September 9th, which obviously should have set off red flags. Um, Police say she led a high-risk lifestyle and was known to hitchhike alone between Fort St. James, Vanderhoof, and Prince George. Her family considers her disappearance out of character for her. According to her cousins before she was reported missing and after she was last seen, her wallet and ID were found near a lake with an uncashed check still in it. Madison Geraldine Scott, age 20, was last seen during the early morning hours of May 8, 2011 at Hogsback Lake, 25 kilometers southeast of Vanderhoof. Madison, who also went by Maddie, vanished after attending a party at Hogsback Lake with a friend, Jordy. According to her own testimony, Jordy left Maddie there because Jordy was drunk and injured and Maddie had already settled in for the night. And she didn't want to leave her sleeping bag. Maddie last communicated with others at the party around 4 a.m. and was never heard from again. The next morning, Jordy went back to the campsite but didn't see Maddie. Jordy reported that Maddie's tent door was open and the bedding was pushed to one side. Which I get. Because when you get out of bed, you just kind of like flunk them all over. Not thinking much of it, Jordy went to work. More than a day later, Maddie's parents went to check on her and reported her missing to the police shortly after discovering her abandoned truck and flattened tent at the lake. Numerous items of value were found on, in, and around the truck, which included unopened liquor, gasoline, motorbike equipment, camera, and a purse, an iPhone 5 with a blue case, and a set of keys with a gothic-themed lanyard are among some of the items known to be missing. So again, it's an iPhone 5 with a blue case, a set of keys on a gothic-themed lanyard. So if anybody sees these, please. Please say there was no sign of struggle and that foul play is suspected. Mackie Mary Basil, age 26, was a mother of a 5-year-old son who had recently broken up with the father of her child who was also her common-law husband. Her family described her as a homebody who didn't have a drug problem. The night she went missing was at a house party on Thursday, June 13, 2013, about a 20-minute walk from her house. She left the party at midnight. She was last seen after the house party, heading to a cabin in the Leo Creek area. According to police reports from interviews with men, with the men, Mackie was with two men, one of them being her cousin Keith and the other man named Victor in a white truck. They had been drinking and were going to pick up tin. When the truck got stuck after an accident, she separated from the two and headed for the cabin alone. This is what was told to police by Keith and Victor. Mackie would usually call her sisters every day at 10 a.m. Her sister Crystal became alarm after a few days of not receiving a call 
Mackey was reported missing to the RCMP on June 17, 2013. Anita Florence Thorne, age 49, was reported missing on the evening of November 9, 2014 at 8.15. She was last seen that morning at the Super Save Gas at 950 Victoria Street, then at a nearby Tim Hortons. RCMP found her car midday of the 20th at the turnoff to Willow River, 30 kilometers away from where she was last seen. Her purse was inside a, her purse was inside the unlocked vehicle and visible with nothing apparently missing. She is believed to have her keys, cigarettes, lighter, and cell phone, which has gone unanswered when called in her possession. Anita was wearing a white hoodie with a black puffy vest and with her hair, with her brown hair up in a bun. She is Caucasian, 5'2", 145 pounds, and described as someone who would give the shirt off her back to help someone in need. Um, Roberta Marie Sims, age 55, was last seen by numerous witnesses on Saturday, May 6, 2017. She was last seen near her home at 3015 3rd Ave, across from Central Fort George Traditional School. She may have also been seen at the BX Pub. Sims was reported missing on Sunday, May 14th, 2017. RCMP stated they believe Sims also, who goes by Robin, her car was used in her murder. I don't know how they got that information, but that's what they said. Frances Brown, age 53, was last seen on Saturday, 14th, October 2017, while out mushroom picking north of Smithers. The RCMP suspended its wilderness search effort on October 21st, 2017, at about nightfall. 19 search and rescue crews around the province were called in, alongside the RCMP and local volunteers to make up one of the largest search operations in the region in the years. Evidence of a campfire was discovered early on in the search, but rain and snow hampered the effort. Francis was described by family as an experienced backcountry explorer who spent decades searching for mushrooms in difficult terrain. She was prepared with rain gear, long johns, hiking boots, and had a lighter. She is also deaf in one ear.
Jessica Patrick Bowser, age 18, was last seen at the Smithers McDonald's or the Mountain View Motel early on August 31st, 2018. Jessica was reported missing on September 3rd, and an RCMP news release was put out three days later on September 6th. News of her death was released on September 16th before police officially released Identity of Human Remains Found. RCMP officially released the identity of the remains found on September 21st, 2018. According to the RCMP, the body was found on Hudson Bay Mountain Road at a large pullout about 15 meters down a steep bank on September 15th. Jessica was a mother of a one-year-old daughter, and when she left, she told her grandmother she would return soon for her daughter. And there's no... There's nobody that's been charged in this case. Cynthia Martin, age 50, was last seen on December 23rd, 2018 at about 9 p.m. Family and friends consider her disappearance to be out of character, though RCMP said there was nothing to indicate foul play. The vehicle she was last seen driving around was around in was found locked near Hazleton. And... Yeah, she's still missing. So I don't know how they think that foul play isn't involved. Lauren Campbell Fabian, age 69, left her home on foot for a walk around noon on October 28, 2019. She was missing from the Buck Flats area south of Houston. A search followed the involved SAR ground crews from other Smithers and Terrace. RCMP canine units, a plane, and RCMP helicopter were used no traces were found and the search was called off on november 2nd 2019 karen haynes chambers age 34 her remains were found on the afternoon of saturday august 1st 2020 40 kilometers east of prince george near highway 16 crystal's remains were retrieved with the assistance of prince george search and rescue society to date, a number of people have been convicted in cases related to the Highway of Tears. Three serial killers are among those charged, and I will be doing a podcast on those serial killers on a later date. Even though a number of people have been convicted, there are still so many unanswered questions. Where, why, what happened, who would do these horrific things? In 2005, the RCMP launched a provincially funded project called EPANA, which started with a focus on some of the unsolved murders and disappearances of young women along Highway 16. EPANA sought to discover if there was a single serial killer at work or a multitude of killers. I would say a multitude, just because three serial killers have already been charged with them, so I'm guessing that there's more. The unit started with three cases in 2005, then the unit investigated nine cases in 2006, but by 2007, its caseload has doubled to 18, and its scope began spanning larger parts of the province and not just Highway 16. So, those are the women that their cases have not been um, solved. So there are a number of Highway of Tears closed cases. 
So I will talk about those. So Jill Stacy Stuckino, and I'm so sorry if I don't say these names right. I'm horrible with last names. Age 35, her body was found in October 2019 in a gravel pit on the outskirts of Prince George. She died from multiple blows to the head. Jill was known to be engaged in sex work. She left behind five children. Cody Lebanok was arrested on November 27, 2010 and was convicted of first-degree murder for Jill's death. He is one of the people that I will be doing a podcast on. He's dark and very, very young. Natasha Lynn Montgomery, age 23, was last heard from on August 26, 2010, when she called her parents to touch base. She was known to be engaged in sex work. Natasha's body has never been found, but her DNA was discovered on serial killer Cody Lebanon's shorts, hoodie, axe, and throughout his apartment. Cynthia Frances Mass, age 35, her remains were found in L.C. Gun Park near Prince George on October 9th at approximately 2 a.m. Cynthia was last seen September 10th in the area of Juniper Street and the 19th Ave in Prince George. She was reported missing by her family and friends on September 23rd after she failed to check in with them. She had died from blunt force trauma and penetrating wounds to the chest. She was discovered by RCMP Kent McNeil. She had defensive wounds and her pants were rolled down to her ankles. She was also known to be engaged in sex work. Her head was complete, was almost completely skeleton, skeletonized and detached from her neck at the time of the discovery. Cody Lebanon was convicted of her murder. Jean Mary Kovacs, age 36, um, her nude body was found in a watery ditch 40 kilometers east of Prince George on October 11th, 1981. Police said she died from a 22 caliber bullet wound to her head. Autopsy reports show she had four gunshot wounds to her head. Jean was last seen alive at about 1.30 a.m. on October 10th, 1981 at the intersection of the Old Caribou Highway and Highway 16 East. Jean was found by a man gathering firewood near Purden Lake. Serial killer Edward Dennis Isaac was charged with the murder of Jean in February 1988. Oh, I'm not going to be, I'm not going to do good with this last name, you guys, and I'm sorry. Roswitha Fushbichler. Age 13 was reported missing at 6.45 p.m. on November 14th, 1981. She last talked to a friend at 2 a.m. in the morning. Her body was found in a wooded area north of Prince George on November 21st, 1981. Edward Isaac had picked her up hitchhiking and claimed her killer, her to, claimed he killed her to see what it felt like. Her body had been mangled and mutilated, but she died from a single stab wound to her heart. Her body had been stripped naked, stabbed, and slashed before being dumped. Den er, Edward Dennis Isaac was convicted of manslaughter and was sentenced to life in prison with no cha chance of parole for 15 years on May 11, 1987. She was just 13. <sighs> Nina Marie Joseph, age 15. 
sorry, I'm this these ages just get to me. Age 15 when her nude body was found on August 16th, 1982 in Freeman Park with a cord from her jacket around her neck. Her body had been stripped, naked, stabbed and slashed before being dumped. Edward Dennis Isaac was convicted of manslaughter in connection to Nina's death on June 1986. According to reports, Isaac's ex-girlfriend testified to where police could find Nina as she helped him dispose of her body. Marnie Blanchard, age 18, last seen at 2 a.m. November 22, 1989, leaving the Rock Pit in Prince George. She was last seen entering a gray Toyota pickup truck with a white canopy outside the Rock Pit. The driver had black, shoulder-length hair, the truck headed west on 2nd Ave. Her remains were discovered by cross-country skiers at about 3 p.m. on December 11, 1989, on an unmarked road west of Foothills Boulevard. The remains were disrupted by animals and were identified by dental and x-ray records. 30-year-old serial killer Brian Peter Arp was arrested on July 26, 1990 in relation to Marnie's murder. And through evidence obtained, they didn't have enough, apparently, because he was released. He provided DNA, but technology was not up to par. He was rearrested with her murder and later found to be the murderer through DNA technology. Teresa Humphrey. Teresa was last seen intoxicated outside of a convenience store in Prince George on February 14, 1993. Some men reported giving her a ride, but when she couldn't remember where she lived, they drove her back to the store. Her nude, partially frozen body was found on a snowbank about 50 kilometers southwest of Prince George at about 2.30 p.m. on Friday 14th, or on Friday 14th, on February 14th, 1993. The forensic pathologist who performed the autopsy reported that her death was caused by manual strangulation, Similar from a shoelace that was found at the scene. Serial killer Brian Peter Arp was arrested on October 4th, 1993 and was convicted for her murder. So those are my Highway of Tears cases. If there's anyone that I missed that anyone knows of, please message me and let me know and I will do a whole other podcast on them because I want these women to be remembered and I want their cases to be solved. It is so important that we keep the highway of tears in our hearts and out in the public so that people know what's going on. So thank you all for listening and like I said if I forgot anybody please message me and let me know.